The opening chapters of the Bible are the seedbed for the truth found throughout the rest of Scripture. As we study the first 11 chapters of Genesis, we will discover principles that can guide us as we seek to have a new beginning with God. Are you in need of a spiritual reset? Good news. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Let's join Scott Pauley now. The genealogies that are given to us in Scripture are not just information. They're revelation. They're not just to increase the amount of, of knowledge we have. There's a great application to our lives. When you come to a chapter like Genesis chapter 5, where you have all of these names and they're given in list form and it tells you their name and how long they lived and then they died and who their children were and their grandchildren. Uh, see yourself in this story. This is your story. You came from Adam. This is your family. I said in our last study, when you walk through Genesis 5, you're walking through the family cemetery. Well, when you walk through the family cemetery, it makes you think. This is where we're all going someday. We're all getting ready to meet God. Life is shorter than you can imagine. It truly is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. What is going to matter in the end? How, how would you like to finish? Now, we've learned already walking through this family cemetery that we all live an appointed time, and you don't get to pick the time. God chooses that time. Uh, all of us have different appointments, but we all have appointments with God. We've learned that we all die. And if Jesus tarries his coming, if the Lord doesn't come in our lifetime, we're all going to come to the end, breathe our last breath here, uh, speak our last word here, and then breathe celestial air, go to meet God, see the Lord face to face. We, we live, we die. Uh, let me give you another truth today that I think is so vital and it is found right in the heart of Genesis chapter number 5. It is almost like a parenthesis in the list because it's the exception. To this point, everyone, it says, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. And then you come to Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21 where the Bible says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I love those last three words. God took him. <laughs> now, frankly, uh, even if you die, if you die as a Christian, God takes you. But Enoch represents those who do not go through the gate of death. Uh, they just go to be with God. There's only a handful of people like this in Scripture. You have Elijah caught up in a in a chariot of fire, in that whirlwind. Uh, you have uh, Enoch here in this place who just walks with God. One old preacher said that he walked with God, and one day God said to him, Enoch, it's closer to my house than it is to yours. Why don't you just go home with me today? And he was not, for God took him. What do we learn from this man's life? Well, we learn certainly about life, but we learn something much more than that. We learn something about what really matters in life. My pastor Pastor Sexton used to say very frequently that the, the decisions you make are more important than the days you live. Uh, lots of people lived longer than Enoch, but nobody lived better. Uh, many people outlived him by, by a number of years, but no one had a grander life story than Enoch did. Here's a man who walked with God and went to be with God. 
So let's learn this today. You're going to leave something behind. We all have an appointed time. If the Lord tarries, we all will die, and all of us will leave something behind. And I'm not talking about material things. Someone asked about a certain person who was very wealthy when they died. Well, how much did she leave? And the answer, I thought, was very profound, all of it. Uh, Alexander the Great even told his advisors, when I die and you carry my casket through the streets, uh, cut holes in the side of the casket Put my open hands out. And uh, he was speaking, of course, I think a little tongue-in-cheek, but they said, why on earth would we do that? And he said, because I want all the people to know that I conquered the known world and took none of it with me when I left. Materially, you're going to leave everything behind, but that's not what I'm talking about. What will you leave behind? Let me tell you two things that everybody leaves behind. First of all, you will leave behind a heritage. I mean by that something for your family. You're going to leave behind either a generation that knows God or a generation that does not know God. What are you leaving to your children? What are you leaving to your grandchildren? You want to leave a legacy? It's something a whole lot more important than money. It's what money cannot buy and death cannot take away. It's truth. It's the one thing you can pass from generation to generation what kind of heritage will you leave behind? We know, of course, we'll find this in the verses that follow, that lots of wickedness happens after Enoch's generation, but there is still a godly line. There is still a lineage, a family line of people here who believe God and obey God. Uh, Noah is at the end of this chapter, and so there's a remnant. Look, you can't change everybody's mind. You can't choose for the whole world, but you can influence your own family. You can start with those within your sphere of influence, and you can leave behind a heritage. And not only will you leave behind a heritage, but we all will leave behind a testimony. Now, the heritage has to do with your family, but the testimony, this is, I think, powerful because it's personal. This is the greatest thing. And frankly, you can leave this even if your children choose another path. All of your offspring may not do right, but you can leave behind a testimony of faith and obedience to God. What will you leave behind? Uh, there's a great contrast in these opening chapters of Genesis uh, between the two Enochs. Do you remember back in chapter 4, uh, we, we read about another Enoch. Chapter 4, uh, verses 16 through 18, tells us about Enoch, who was the offspring of Cain. Remember Cain, the first murderer, went out of the presence of the Lord, has a son named Enoch. Uh, there's a city named after him. Uh, yet there's no word that he ever walks with God. I want to tell you something. Everybody's going to live. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to leave something behind. And in the end, it's not how big your house is, how much money's in the bank, how much vacation time you got, uh, the possessions you were able to purchase. It is this. Did you know God, and did you help others to know God? What if this were your year? What if this were the year? Uh, do you remember Isaiah chapter 38, verse number 1? Uh, God said to Hezekiah, you're going to die and not live. Set your house in order. Now, that got his attention. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 28 and verse number 16, there's a man named Hananiah, and the Lord said to him, this year uh, thou shalt die. That's powerful. What if you knew this were your year? I'm not trying to be morbid or depressing. I'm just saying what if you knew this was the last year you had to live for God? What would you do with it? What would you want to leave behind? Let's get serious about this. 
I told you in our last study that as a boy, uh, I got uh, interested in walking through old cemeteries. Uh, Dad was in the cemetery business when I was just a kid, and, and I got really interested in epitaphs, started collecting them. I have a lot of very interesting ones. Probably one of my favorites, a man by the name of Solomon Pease in Wetumpka, Alabama died, and they put on his grave marker, Beneath these clods and beneath these trees lies the body of Solomon Pease. This is not Pease. It is only his pod. Pease has shelled out and gone home to God. Friends, someday we're all going to shell out and go home to God. What epitaph will you leave behind? What will, what will be said of you? I think my favorite spiritual epitaph uh, that I've ever seen was on a, a grave marker in North Georgia of a wife and mother. This is what they said. She lived and died as a Christian. I can't think of anything better than that. Everybody wants to die as a Christian, but I wonder, are you living as a Christian today? When you leave this world, you're going to leave something behind. No matter where you are or what you've done, you can have a new beginning with the Lord. A great way to experience this new beginning is to have a fresh start in your devotional life. We encourage you to get into God's Word. On our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find a wide variety of devotional plans from which to choose. We hope they're a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us today, and may God help you to enjoy the journey. Thank you.